What's up, people who kill the things that they love? This is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band, band leaders, and musicians to learn a few tricks and to find a better way. Here in Atlanta, Georgia, I am Adam Johnson. Here in Greensboro, North Carolina, feeling personally attacked, Dan Ray. So we we have uh, this might be a, a first episode if you're if you're just now tuning in. If <laughs> welcome uh, refugees of the uh, Cover Band Central free Facebook group. Yeah, yeah, that was quite a thing. That was quite a thing. I um, I will confess, I kind of saw it coming. Yeah, I, as a person who got way too into the weeds with that thing, I um I did something that was emotionally intelligent and I turned off notifications for that group about six months ago. Smart. I knew it wasn't good for me and I, I actually did something about it. I'm, I have a lot of notifications on Facebook. I got to turn off. For that yeah. Reason. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. I did not do that, but you know, I, to, to me and I, and I posted this, um, in the first video where Steve, um, who I will say I consider a friend and I'm a fan and obviously a lot of what we're doing here is, you know, inspired and derived by stuff that he pioneered. Yep. Um, you know, I the minute they went freemium, which is essentially what they did, um, I knew the free part was in trouble because the whole freemium business model has to have a really, really low cost basis yep. behind the free side. It has to pretty much run itself. And he had his highest cost part in terms of time and irritation uh, supporting the free part. And that's just not going to be sustainable. So yep. here we are. And, you know, there are people who – weren't really invested, but were just there to stir up trouble. And, you know, in yeah, well, contrast to what the Osmonds say, one bad apple can spoil the whole bunch, girl. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a, that's a deep cut reference there, my friend. I, I, don't, <laughs> that, I believe that may be the first appearance of the Osmonds here on the Cover Band Confidential well, Podcast. You know, he, um, he did this uh, season of The Masked Singer. I had him pegged immediately, though. Of course. Because – Of course. Well, I mean he is a little bit rock and roll, so. I I may know – as a person and a child who was like obsessed with um, Entertainment Tonight in the 90s, I know a Hmm. lot about Donny Osmond that I probably don't need to know. Yeah. Well, as someone who grew up in Utah, Ah. I can tell you the Osmonds Osmonds, um, factor bigger in my childhood than they probably ought to as well. Fair enough. So how was your weekend? Uh, good, good, good. It was good. I played, um, boy, I did the, the trivia on Wednesday night of last week and it was, um, one year of the eighties. I picked, picked an eighties year and did the whole show out of that one year. Which year did you pick? 1984. Of course. Which is the year, I mean, and I expanded my definition a little bit. Usually the, what year is the song point uh, is from the the release date. Yeah. But I included things that charted in 24, uh, 24, no, uh, 1984. Mm-hmm. Um, just to expand my palette a little bit, but boy, that included Thriller, um, She's So Unusual, um, boy, uh, uh, the Cars album, uh, name's escaping me, um, John Cougar Mellon came, came out that year. Yeah. Um, uh, boy, just a ton of good stuff. Like a ton of good stuff happened in 1984. So it was a great show. It's a lot of fun. Um, then on Thursday, I played with Viva La Muerte. Uh, yeah, Thursday with Viva La Muerte, uh, my uh, psychedelic Americana jam band that I play guitar with um, in a venue. They played a lot of times, but my first time with them, and that was fun. Um, played on their new EP, uh, which they 
we're using me to run. <laughs> First time they use that without me, it's going to be interesting, but uh, they'll, they'll figure it out. They're smart guys. Uh, and then Friday night played a uh, the frat party, yep. with, uh, the three-piece version of the Clink Clink and Lincolns. So it was a big, big gigging week, and then it was done Friday night, and I got a whole weekend, which is great. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. How about you? Um, I'm trying to think of the last time that we talked. If, if we hadn't talked before St. Patrick's Day, um, that was the last mm-hmm. gig, actually, I played was um, – the weekend of St. Patrick's Day, I did I did a church gig in the morning, um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, we have uh, a vacation that we are prepping to get ready to go on, and I was doing some kind of pickup gigs to have a little extra money when we go to Disney World. Um, Very nice. But have not been – we've kind of been in prep mode for the past two, three weeks, and this is the final week, and there are school – musical performances and scout banquets and all of these things we have to, you know, cross off our list to get to go on this trip. So, yeah. Um I will say this, on Saturday night we went to um the amphitheater which is we have like a like a concert shed uh, about 3 miles from our house and mm-hmm. um they were doing a fundraiser there uh to raise money for cystic fibrosis. And, um, I went with my wife and a bunch of her work friends because she has a, her friend has a daughter that has CF and, um, it was a lot of fun. And the band that played is a band from Chicago called the Breakfast Club Chicago of all things. Hmm. And I find via, you know, a person on our group, uh, that we have a mutual friend and, um, it was kind of cool just to see how they did their show, um, you know, they 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 do you know roughly the same thing that we do, um, yeah. but they do it very differently. And um, went over and tried not to bug them too much, but did go over and say, "Hey, Matt from uh, Run Force Run says hello." And he's like, "How on earth do you know him?" And we we <laughs> we, uh, we talked for a little bit, and um, I'll talk a little bit more about what we discussed later on in the show. Um, but it was a lot of fun, and uh, they were solid dudes, and. You know, drove in from Chicago uh, on like the road trip to end all road trips to play this gig. So, wow, wow, that's cool. So, yeah, um, y- we have a couple of things that we wanted to uh, to address this uh, this fine before evening. Before we do, before we do, yeah. have I, you, I, I, if I had heard that you were going to Disney World, I hadn't registered it. Are you aware that I'm a total Disney World nerd? Uh, no, I did not know that. I, I am a total, total Disney World nerd. I'm a big, big fan of the Magic Kingdom and uh, and other parts of Disney World. But, mm-hmm. uh, well, we get, we don't need to trouble our uh, our fine listeners um, with all of my nerdery about Disney World. But if you, um, you know, uh, 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 you know, unless you're as big a nerd as me, which is possible, I've participated in some nerdery in preparation for this trip. Yeah, you know, it's easy to nerd out hard. You've got your uh, you got your fast passes all set up. Yep. We've gotten, okay, you know, we've got all the cursory things out of the way. Um, yeah. Been watching Disney food blog because oh yeah, oh it's yeah. very informative. Yeah, as far as prep, yeah. you know, preparing for a trip of that kind. The only thing That's, I, uh, the only thing I haven't figured out about this trip is the um, the level of illicit drugs I'm going to need to take in order to like maintain an energy level. Oh, you know what? Um, the magic of the place just carries you along somehow. Uh, Somehow, even you know, dragging children, uh, I it's um, 
something about the way it's done. It's it's built around your energy level and it's built to keep you up and it's um it's remarkable. It's really quite a thing. We uh we've been this will be our second time with the kids, so it it's a um but it's compounded by the fact that our entire family, so you know, my parents, my siblings, their spouses, their children, we're all going as one group, big unit. Wow. So wow. um it's gonna be it's gonna be just cramming memories down our kids' throats. <laughs> exactly. That's what we're You will here have for. a good time. You will have a good time. It will look good in the picture or else. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Smile. 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 Yeah. 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 No, well. All right. I interrupted. What were you saying? Oh, I was just going to say, uh, I was going to let you kick off the uh, the topic of your du jour. My du jour topic. Yeah. So, um, uh, on Friday night, as I mentioned just a few moments ago, I played what is um, the second party at this fraternity in Chapel Hill in a month. Uh, we played there about a month ago, and they liked us and called us a week or so later and had us, you know, booked us again for this this one. And uh, we've played uh, one before that, also in Chapel Hill, but a different fraternity. Mm-hmm. And um, um, I I just I'm thinking about you know every time I mention well to you Adam or to other people in the community. You know, I'm playing a frat. There's this reaction like, "Ugh, man!" Yeah. Like, "Ugh." Um, and I just thought a minute or two to challenge that notion would be a worthy use of our time because um, I will be honest. In all three of these cases, I've played um, I've played bars that were orders of magnitude rowdier, yeah, and and more chaotic. Um, I believe pretty strongly, and, and the the guy who booked us confirmed this for me while I was there. That you know, if you're in a fraternity these days, you got to be pretty clear. The whole world is watching you, and the last thing you want to do is make the papers. Yeah, and um, and you know, it really stuck out to me because at one point, as we're playing, um, and you know, these kids are drinking and dancing and having fun. Um, I noticed a young woman who clearly had had too much. Yep. And um, she was kind of falling down on the dance floor and was it was extremely sloppy. And I watched two frat guys come to her and sort of kneel down with her. And they lifted her up and, and one of them held her and the other went and got her friend. Yeah. And got her connected with her friend. And the four of them walked out of the, the frat house. And then a minute or two later, I saw the guys walk back in. It was like they just – they. They, you know, like oh, that's the stuff you don't see in the paper about what happens sure. at fraternity parties. Um, so um, <laughs> let, let me let me stop you here for just a moment. Um, yeah, because I want to provide. I may be able to provide some context. I know a lot of us played frat parties in the you know late nineties and two thousands when we were basically the same age. Um, mm-hmm. And and yeah, there was there were no camera phones. There were. There was nothing um, to really document what was going on. We, uh, yeah. I was joking around. A friend of mine is moving away, and she's like, "Oh, I found this box of pictures." I was like, "I am so glad that we were friends between in that awkward period when uh, digital cameras were terrible and uh, <sighs> camera phones didn't exist." Right. So, like, very little of my twenties is documented uh, yeah. in any concrete way. But anyway, um, yeah. Well, uh, so these days, I, my my belief is that the fear of God is in these young men. Well, it, the thing I was go- I was going to say is uh, I was a uh, I was in a fraternity in college, and um, when fraternities throw parties uh, at their place, there are uh, there are a team of guys that are assigned uh, risk management. 
And yep. so there, you know, that, that isn't a new development, but basically you don't want people getting, well, you want people puking in your house basically. Well, that's, yeah, that's part of it. So, um, I, it. and I'm not trying to, uh, belittle the decency of the gentleman that you played with. Um, yeah, yeah. but yeah, you're, you're totally right. They don't, <laughs> you know, they don't want any trouble. Fraternity party goes off without incident is not. A very exactly. salacious headline. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So now this this particular party, um, the last one we played was a uh, Valentine's Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, this one was the beach party, which right. is an annual party for them. Um, and I walked in to set up, and um, the room that we were in, the big sort of front ballroom, was filled with about four inches of sand. Ooh. There were some pledges with some brooms that next day. I can there tell were, you that yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And so I talked to my 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 guy who booked me there, and um, so this is an annual party. They, they do this every year. They fill that room with sand every year. They really have it down to a science. It's all lined with tarps underneath, and um, six tons of sand they have delivered the night before out into their parking spots, which then managing where kids can park their cars yeah. is the whole thing. Um, but then, yeah, the pledges <laughs> pledges do all the heavy lifting. Um, and, uh, uh, it, you know, it complicated load in and load out a little bit because I didn't want to put anything on the ground. Yeah. Um, but we managed to get out of there without too much sand in our stuff. And, um, and, uh, it was really fun. It was really, you know, it looked, it looked like a beach in there. It was really, really something. Yeah. You're, um, you're going to be cleaning little bits of sand out of your stuff forever. 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 Yeah. It will never end. Yeah. I mean, I, I carried everything out and sort of dusted and blew it off before putting it in bags. Mm-hmm. So I feel pretty good about how clean, how clean this I think, I think we ended up okay. One time, um, right before I got married, I took my tailor down to the beach to play at sunset. <laughs> I am still cleaning mm. sand out of that case. Yeah. This is like 15 years. Yeah. yeah. Sand it gets everywhere. It does. It's irritating. I hate sand. Yeah, I can't imagine loading in trying to cart stuff. Yeah, it was, it was, um, yeah, it was, it was tricky. And, you know, I didn't want to – frats also have these stage units, staging yeah. kind of things that um, some crafty frat brother back a generation ago invented and then they all built them because <laughs> um, they're all identical. Every frat that I've seen has, yeah. has that. Um, they um, – so I did like almost all the setup without ever stepping up onto it because I didn't want to track sand up on the stage. Right. I absolutely had to. So I had like almost everything all set up from standing on the sand and then I kicked my shoes and I stepped – up on the stage in socks and finished my setup like that. Nice. Um, so it all stayed pretty clean. Um, the thing that I would, that I would, um, so a couple of things about that. If you're interested in frat gigs, um, I think it's probably and confirmed for me, Adam, cause you, you know, you yep. in one, you, you know this better than I do. Um, 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 I suspect it's not all that different from any other thing that showing your face and having some marketing materials and some evidence that you can do the job is the most important thing. Who you're looking for, the decision maker, is someone called the social chair. Yep. And um, that person does all the entertainment buying and they don't have any idea what they're doing any better than a you know, hopped up bartender does. Um, but they pay pretty well. Uh, certainly better than like twice, maybe three times what a bar gig pays. Sure. Um, at the low end, probably of what a private party pays. But if you have like big, rich colleges nearby, there's going to have big, rich budgets, and there, you know, would be a different kind of thing. Yeah, I've I've played some all day events at fraternity houses that 
would shock you as far as mm. their scope and budget. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, at all three we did, we got set up and residents of the frat house were wandering through, you know, whatever they're doing. Um, by the time our time to play started, the place was abandoned. Literally nobody <laughs> there. We started playing to empty rooms all three times. Um, cause the guys are out with their dates. They're out at dinner. Yep. And by the time we're four or five songs in, some, somebody has wandered in and then, and then here's the great thing. They wandered in and enjoyed us. Like, Hey, hey it's a band play. You know, it's kind of like, what are you guys doing here? And then they felt awkward leaving. <laughs> So they're then stuck there looking at us, and then the next batch of people who come in, there's already a party happening, and they stick around, and then it's boom, it's a party, and then pretty much everyone's everyone's there. I will say, you know, in terms of the high energy dance party of a room, I've actually never played better than a frat party. Yeah, it's a it's a very high energy crowd, and those those you know those kids are game for most anything. They appreciated that we did Mr. Brightside again. <laughs> they appreciated, you know, no roots and Royals and, um, the stuff that's kind of on the radio now just for fun, just to see. Um, we chucked some older stuff at them and they were all about that. Um, the guy who booked us actually had a request that they gave us two weeks ago. Uh, don't let me down the Beatles. Interesting. Right. Not and the so- Greg Ken band. No, no, the, the original. And he said, you know, he's been obsessing over that song. We learned it and did it. And, and actually, it's probably going to be a keeper. It's, it's a fun tune. Um, mid-tempo, you know, not a dancer. But, yeah. But a, a good early set song. It's like a beer-drinking, swaying song. It is. And everybody sings along. Plus, it's got these bars of five in the middle of it. Yeah. Everybody loves you like I do. That kind of thing. And then it goes into three there, and it's just it's interesting. It's an interesting tune. Um, and then here's the other thing: uh, um, kids at frat parties don't really know how to sustain a party all night long. They so they haven't learned the pacing yet. The pacing is still a mystery to them. Party starts at nine. They're pretty much done by like eleven fifteen. It's interesting because um, they they you know we come back into our second set and it's big it's like big full room and they're full of energy and about two thirds of the way through the second set they're just starting to the attrition is set in by the time we got to our last song which um, as always we closed with Purple Rain yeah there were like three couples dancing yeah I've uh, I've I've been on both sides of that um, I I was I I remember playing at it was a house party thrown by a frat after the Georgia Georgia Tech game at Georgia Tech. Mm, nice. And Georgia Tech lost, as they typically do, um, yeah. because Georgia Tech has been decent since the nineties. Um, and it was it was one of the weirdest nights of my life, and I <laughs> it was the only time I was ever not a hundred percent sure like I wasn't going to get hurt. Mm. It was yeah, it was rough, um, but yeah, most of the time. It, you know, we as seasoned professionals know, well, okay, I've got to do X, Y, and Z, and I need to stay up until this, so I can only have two drinks because right. I, you know, I know what I'm going to do now. Right. You know, these kids, they're pre-partying before the party, and so sure. they're already, you know, at least, you know, a, a little tipsy by the time the party starts. Totally. Plus, they sleep right upstairs, so. Right. Like, what's a big deal? Yeah. The other great thing, and um, I don't know if this is everywhere, but certainly seems to be the case in Chapel Hill, midnight is shutdown time. 
Yeah, it's probably a city ordinance type deal. Could be. Um, but, you know, so it's a pretty good paying gig that's fun and not a lot of risk or threat kind of feels like, and it's over at midnight. So, there you, go. you know, nothing wrong with that. So I would actually recommend you, um, any of you who are in the private party business or wanting to break into it, frats are um, fun. I, I, I really enjoy them. I'm actually going to start going after that market. Yeah, I think as far as um, people trying to get out of the bars and, and into private events, that's like the gateway drug. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they don't have the perks that, you know, some other higher end events do, but if your um, you know, the things that you need experience doing are setting up and running your own sound and doing client relations, they are a young, forgiving group um, that, you know, will make you feel like a logistical, you know, ninja or Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Or Jedi oh, you'll ninja. feel so, you'll feel so together compared to like, you know, I the, a twenty-year-old boy who's hiring you, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. The other thing that they're forgiving about, um, just because of logistics and, and challenges and whatnot of of life, um, the band actually had not seen each other since the last one. Yeah. So normally we'd walk into it a little better prepared than this. Um, we knew all the material, but it was it was loose. It wasn't our normal tightness, and then um, you know nobody ever cares about that. But boy, at this party, did they not care? Yeah. You know, it's the kind of thing we care about a lot, but um, yeah. and it does make a difference. It really objectively, you know, if you A and B two different bands and one is well rehearsed and tight and the other is new, not, you know. But if you're at a party, it's that's sort of that's not what you're listening for. So and I, I, I have those moments where it's like, you know, I don't know how to not think the way I think. Right. You know, so yes. I can't not notice when a mistake is made or if a band's not sure. playing well, but right. I have, you know, relegated to the, I've just kind of given up that you know my brain just doesn't work like everybody else's does. Right. And even other musicians it doesn't function th- that way. <laughs> That's probably true. Yeah, and um, so you know uh, the things that we sweat are, you know, are not big. Uh, I I'm I'm currently in the process of prepping for um like all of my gigs kick off at the like second or third week of April. Yeah. I've got three gigs in three days with three different bands. Nice. And um, I'm trying to prep for the other two because, you know, I know the other one. Um, and the stuff that I'm like I'm, – I'm trying to make sure I pick up and get the right pieces and the right turns and I'm playing the right parts and stuff. And so I'm really sweating details that probably won't ever matter to anybody but me and maybe the band who hired me to fill in. Yeah. Oh, one other thing I, I forgot to tell about – um. The thing that we went to on Saturday night, um, John Driscoll Hopkins, who's a member of the Zach Brown band, was there. Um, as were a couple of other, you know, celebrities like Chipper Jones and a couple of other guys. But <laughs> John Driscoll Hopkins from Zach Brown band w- went on stage with the uh, the Breakfast Club of Chicago and did "Baby Got Back." Nice. So if you've never seen that, uh, I don't I don't know why you would. It's a very specific event to occur. But then they did chicken fried and the place lost their mind. So Cool. Cool. Did y'all end up doing that Toes in the Water song I had suggested? No. 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 It's fine. But you should learn it if you're going to do another, like, you know, drinking at the beach party. I Yeah. You know, we um we did throw together um, Wipeout. Yeah. That's a good one. Which is pretty good. We, we considered Margaritaville, but then um, just couldn't find a place to put it in. That's fair. That is fair. So, yep. um, 
nice insight. That's, that, that's my bit. Yeah. Very cool. Cool play frats. Yeah. You know, maybe we should revisit, release the Sigma. We actually, we have an event that is, I know it's at a fraternity house. I don't know what the scope of the event is. Mm. We're still waiting on getting the specifics for the, um, from the contract, but it's, it's been a, it's been another, we've had a bunch of these weird client asks, um, I feel like that's all we've been doing. It's been kind of frustrating to kind of get things across the finish line because we keep ha- getting these weird requests from people. But anyway, um, you know, we might be heading into that uh, unintentionally as well. Right. So I wanted to talk about it's, I don't, I mean, it's not really, a, you know, tips and tricks or anything like that. It's just kind of something that I've realized recently um, that I think all of us really could probably use a reminder of. So um, it's three words. Don't be precious. (laughs) And I can't, I, I've been rolling it around in my head and I couldn't come up with a better, you know, way of putting it. Just stop being precious. So what does that mean? Precious. So, you know, we, we in this market or in this field, um, are protective of our little, you know, our little things, our, our accomplishments, our, the hills that we've built. Um, there's, in most scenes, there's a, uh, a competitive component. There's a jealousy component. There's all of these things that keep bands apart from each other. Um, and I just, I don't get it. I, I think that we as a, um, as a profession, uh, some of us can suffer from from the scarcity mindset that if I don't get that gig, somebody else gets the gig, and they're taking work away from me specifically. Um, where you know we that's not the way that this works. You know, if you see a band that's doing better than you, and they're you know they're getting these cool shows, that means that like live music is still being supported in your city by people who are willing to pay money for it. Like that's a yeah. good thing. Yeah, and. There's a lot of times people don't want to, you know, tell their quote unquote secrets. Uh, I saw one of the last posts that was uh, put up on CBC before they pulled the plug. Um, somebody was asking f- from a market research perspective, like, what did you make last year? And they're like, I'm not going to tell you. Um, and I get that money finances can be kind of a sensitive thing, but there was a lot of stuff where it's like, I can't believe you're posting pictures of your set list. Like, how is that a secret? Yeah. Just that kind of just insecurity that if, if, you know, if you know what I know, then, you know, I won't get what I want or something like that. Um, it's just something that I've always kind of felt that way. Um, I, I try not to be competitive with other groups and there's, there's some of that. It's always going to be there. You know, you kind of compare your, you know, your gigs to the, you know, guys that started around you and what they're up to. And, um, but you should always try to go out of your way to help people. Like if somebody, you know, if some, if somebody in your scene needs a favor or, you know, you've got a date and you, you're already booked and and you need to pass it on to somebody else, like do those things. Don't necessarily try to hold onto stuff with both hands because you're going to miss out on opportunities to 
I don't know, be better and, um, and accomplish things and, you know, share the wealth. Yeah. You know, you, yeah, know, you know how networking actually works? Oh, tell me. Well, what you do is you look in your network of people and you look at who you can connect. Yes. So people come to networking events looking to make contacts or, um, you know, impress somebody important or, you know, get a lead for sales or something. Um, and the people who do that tend to get sort of shouldered out or um, everybody kind of, kind of rolls their eyes at that behavior. Yeah. What really works in a networking context is to say, you know, you're in a conversation with somebody and you find out what they're about and what they do and what they're interested in and what their background is and, and you know, then you start to think, well, who else do I know who, you know, could be a, a force multiplier for this person who can yeah. contribute to what they're up to or, oh, or somebody, you know, is up to something that you might really be, you know, able to support them and connecting other people is what makes you a powerful networker and it's what makes you um, – in demand for things like that. Yeah. And then the more you've done that, the more people think of you as connected and a resource and mm -hmm. they want to reach out to you and use you for things. And that's, that's like the successful way to do networking. Right. And, and you know, you brought up a really interesting idea is in, in that you're saying, you know, people go to networking events, but it's not necessarily the, even the people at the networking events that can help you. Right. It's like, you know, second hand, third hand, fourth hand, but just by, you know, being willing to connect with other people, you know, you open yourself up to a much wider net. Um, it's, you know, it's just kind of a cool idea. Yeah. And, and the mindset is what can I provide? Yeah. It's not what can I get? It's what can I contribute? Well, and, and in contributing, you, like you said, you open yourself up for opportunities to get more. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the reason why this kind of popped up um, recently uh, is that, you know, my wife always says that I'm like the Kevin Bacon of this whatever because I run into <laughs> somebody and it's like, oh, I know them through this guy and this guy and that guy. Um, yeah. And even like, you know, going to this event this past weekend, you know, I knew the guys in that band because of, you know, other people that I've made contact with. And then John Driscoll Hopkins had made – just released a record with two of my friends. So when he got off stage, I, you know, I, I toasted my beer to him and said, Hey man, good job. It was kind of, you know, that part is always kind of cool. And I always feel like I want to, I want to help people if I can. Um, mm -hmm. if, if something doesn't meet our budget and we can't make it work, um, I throw business to lots and lots of other groups. And, um, as of, you know, this past week, the week before that, um, there have been two other bands that I would say are above me who have reached out and said, hey, we're double booked. Yeah. You know, would you be able to, to fill in for that? Yeah. And, um, you know, they giving us opportunities that are, are competitive with our price and actually sometimes above what we would normally make. Um, and in meeting the, um, the guys from Chicago – you know, then they, their whole kind of business model is, is what I want to do. So they've got this one agency and it's got, you know, a bunch of different imprints. And, um, so they can kind of rotate bands out and all of that. And yeah. so I, you know, I, re I talked to him a little bit and I gave him my card. He's like, you know, sometimes we're three or four bands deep in a weekend. Um, I'll hang on to your information because, you know, 
you might be of use to me. Yep. So then, you know, that it's just, it just felt kind of like full circle, like, Hey, you know, you've done people some solids and you know, it's, it, it, it came back to you in one way or another. Sure. Listen, I did a similar kind of thing, um, <laughs> this weekend, um, uh, tired from three days of gigs in a row. Um, <laughs> I went to a daddy daughter dance with my five year old. Nice. Um, which is very sweet. And at it, there was a DJ and a photo booth and a uh, limo ride. We rode a limo around the Ooh. block. Yeah. Yeah. She was beside herself. Um, and I got cards from all those guys and I said to them, look, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a band and we play weddings and events and stuff. I just like to sort of keep track of who I see around town who provides those kind of services. And they were all like delighted to give me their card. And yeah. the DJ had managed to get out of his house without his and he wrote his name on a piece of paper and was all embarrassed. I was like, ah, oh, buddy, you know, I leave with that stuff almost every gig. Um, you know, but I just, I, I, I now have their cards sitting here and if anybody ever says, Hey, you know, I'm, you know, I've just hired you for the wedding and I'm looking for other people. Well, I got options here. I can, I can yeah. talk to him about fantasy limousine incorporated. Um, and I rode in his car and it was really something. Very cool. You know, it's, it's just good. It's good to be able to have those sorts of connections because it makes you, um, I mean, I think, I think the thing to say is it's not just put an intention out in the universe and be generous and the universe will reward you. Although I don't not believe in that. Uh, it's also, a, I've got something to say about that, but. Yeah. Well, it's also literally like the more I can be a connector of things, the more prominent and um, uh, 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 visible I am. Yeah. And that actually will reward me in a much more literal, direct, you know, connected the dots sort of way than than something more, you know, uh, ephemeral. Well, I mean, that's, that's the big that's the big idea there is that, um, you know, we, you were talking about, I kind of said something that sounded like karma and then you said karma directly. Um, if karma is not real, reputation is real. Right. And in doing these kinds of things, you are, you know, you are kind of pouring into your reputation. So like you had said, you know, if somebody approaches you and, and you say, oh, I do know the, this uh, limo provider and this photographer mm-hmm. and that kind of thing, that lifts your reputation as a knowledgeable person in that arena and it it is always in your best interest um as a band leader to uh if you're out in a out an event and you run into a vendor um that might be related to some you know private events and that kind of stuff you definitely want to get their information because it gives you that wider network and you can you know you can provide that as a service that is something that people will pay for yep um if you can curate uh, a group of vendors that you know that you have relationships with, I mean, for us, it's even more important because like we actually get to know these people more than, you know, somebody who, I don't know, who's just hiring them. You know, we have to hang out with the caterers sometimes or, you know, right. Right. So that kind of stuff, it, it, it makes a big difference. And it is, it's a service that I have on all of my, um, all of my band's pages is that we can, we have, you know, preferred vendors that we work with. And, Lots of other places have those lists too for groups for groups like yours. Sure. So you can be on a list of preferred vendors if you know how to network and you you know you're willing to put on a good face and and you know show yourself as a as a competent you know organization. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So yeah, if karma's not real, reputation is real. So 
have a good reputation and don't have a not good reputation and don't crucially yeah and don't have bad karma yeah and don't have bad karma and what else that's pretty much you it. have good karma yes good karma is good bad karma is bad um Time is not real. Uh, it is a flat circle mm-hmm. and uh, karma does not exist. And Time is an illusion. Lunchtime doubly so. Yes. All of these things are true. So yeah, that was kind of just my, uh, my ranty rant about, I guess, vendors. This is all really vendor management. This is this entire episode, yeah. vendor management. Pre- pretty good rant. <laughs> so... Uh, this week coming up, I'm you know I'm going to continue to shed these projects. Um, the the first rehearsal that we have with the Saved by the Band, uh, which is who I'm filling in with. Uh, I love that name. I wish I had come up with it first. Yeah. Um, oh, that reminds me of something that I wanted to say. Oh, yeah, something yeah. you were saying earlier. Um, um, I think that there is a way to hold jealousy that's very productive. Okay. Right. I think that, um, you know, I can tell somebody else has had a good idea if it passes my jealousy test. Right. And, you know, that doesn't mean I have to hate them. I can, I, you know, I can, um, but like that, you know, say, yeah, you know, great band name idea or. Well, and they own the um, trademark. Like they actually, they are the official. No one can be them but them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Genius. Right. Um, so, uh, I, one, one, one thing that I, that I am aware of from talking to other people in my market is that people are jealous of my live music trivia concept. Mm. Like I'm hearing some like, oh man, what a great idea. I wish I thought that. I wouldn't want to be the, like the derivative guy also doing it, but right. boy, what a cool thing. And, um, and it is, it is, but partially because it's just a dead steady gig. I mean, <laughs> it's booked for the next, for every other Wednesday for the rest of my life if I want it. Right. Um, uh, and if that place quit on it, I know four other places that would take me in a heartbeat. Sure, um, you know, but I think I think that sort of um, it's like it's it's like a good key towards self editing. Mm-hmm. You know, if if my own idea raises to that same level as that thing of theirs, I'm jealous about. Like it, it raises the bar on all of our thinking. If 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 my comparison with other people has some sort of, you know standard for me to live up to. Yeah. And not in a way that makes me feel bad or makes me feel, you know, inadequate or, you know, um, the minute I start having self-talk about how much I suck, that's not productive and not what I'm talking about. But if if it can be like, man, what a cool thing. Let me, you know, I gotta get, I gotta get thinking over here. Right. Um, that's a, that's a useful, that's a useful tool to apply on yourself. Yeah. Competition creates innovation. Exactly. So, and, and again, it's a scarcity mindset because they came up with a good idea does not mean that the your hope for a good idea has now disappeared. <laughs> it, it does always feel like they came up with the last good idea in the world, though, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> but it's just not true. It's just not true. Yeah, it's I, just I, not true. I, I have Ideas found that cheap. creating things is just as uh, as easy to do as it's ever been. Yeah, uh, you can pull things out of nothing. Um, the long list of URLs that I own is living proof. <laughs> Me too. Me too. So yeah, um, and and it kind of. Bringing it back to the, you know, I would say Say by the Band is is a band that we compete with uh, for gigs. Um, we've definitely filled in for each other uh, on on different events, and and 
you know, they are kind of, I guess, a, a barometer of how things are going in the scene. So, you know, but again, it's, they're all my friends. I've played in, I've played in groups with everybody on that stage and by helping them, you know, I might be, they've helped me out before, you know, they filled in for gigs for us and uh, their guitar player has, has played gigs with, with us for sure. So, you know, to be able to return the favor, um, is humbling on one end because he's, in my opinion, and this is my, you know, self, you know, objective bias. uh, He's a much better guitar player than I am. So, um, just being asked felt like a, Mm. like a win. Yeah. Yeah, and then with the event that they're playing is at the Roxy, which is uh, a place that we were trying to. Well, we weren't trying to do the event, but we were supposed to do an event, and the event got moved. Um, so that's really, really neat. I'm going to get to play in a cool room that I've never played in before. So that's another that's opportunity. Yeah, very great. Help out your people, and I mean, the Bible says to love your enemies. You know, so totally something to think about. Yep. So yeah. Um, Got a, <laughs> got to get uh, a couple of things squared away before our trip and uh, rehearsal for this this other project uh, got bumped up a week instead of a week back. So now I've got I feel like I feel the pressure's on because I have my first rehearsal with them the Wednesday after we get back and I'm about to yeah. enter a week where I cannot practice. Gotcha. So I've been kind of hitting it a little bit and actually I just got a, a, a text from that guitar player. He he sent me a video. Of, couple of parts I want to make sure that I'm dialing in just right. Again, just details that nobody cares about but me, but I, you know, right. I'm going right. to study them as best I can. And That's what we do. Because, again, my reputation's on the line. I want to show go. up. I want to do a good job. I want people to think that I am dependable. Yeah. Don't want to have to deal with you about your parts being wrong? Yep. I mean, we're doing two rehearsals, which is, you know, I feel like plenty to knock out all the kinks and make sure everything's ready for, for that. And, you know, right. it, it probably means that I might have more gigs coming from them and they're not a group of guys that I would hate hanging out with. So very cool. All good things. Well, there you go. once again, thanks to, um, all of the new listeners. Um, I apologize for this episode. It should be better by now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we should know better. Um, uh, but we, uh, we are here as a resource. We want to help you guys go further faster. Um, and we want to be the, the place where it's safe to have a differing opinion and for us to learn from each other instead of calling each other dum-dums and other words that people use on the internet. Yep. So welcome, uh, new listeners and, uh, refugees from cover band central, you know, um, Steve said, don't throw the talent just yet. So hopefully it will be back and um, maybe we'll retain some of those listeners and uh, yeah, posters. Yeah, I, I got a lot of faith in Steve. I think I think he'll come up with a, a way to have it work for everyone. And, and in the meantime, you know, the more more places that have different flavor of, of having conversations with the community, I think it's all that's all to the good. Yes. Well, thanks again for tuning in. And uh, I will go ahead and call it for this week. From Atlanta, Georgia, I am Adam Johnson. From Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. You've been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, Episode 46. Stay fresh, cheese bags. Ciao.